I'm Marcus Pibworth and welcome to the Ministry of Change podcast. Ministry of Change is a project in which I'm travelling around the UK exploring mental health. I'm exploring my own experiences with depression and anxiety and speaking to other people about their experiences. I'm connecting with people and projects that are either directly or indirectly having a positive effect on the way that we view and talk about our mental health. And I'm looking at how the way that we have structured society impacts our mental health and the possible systemic changes we could make to create a world in which everybody can be themselves and really thrive. The startup world can be a real minefield when it comes to creating a work-life balance. Being an entrepreneur can be quite a lonely experience and there can be a lot of pressure for people who are starting their own businesses. It's a feat which requires you to go out on a limb and to put your vulnerabilities out there. Stories of mental health being neglected in the startup world are rife. Of people wearing their lack of sleep and long hours as, at work as a badge of honour. Of people putting profit and growth above everything else. Burnout is so common and it can often be hard for people to see the real intentions behind what they're doing. In this episode, I went along to meet Lawrence McCarhill, who, along with his lifelong friend Carlos Saba, founded the Happy Startup School in Brighton. Their mission is to help people to connect with their true passion and hopefully avoid a lot of the problems I just mentioned. They do this through events such as their annual summer camp in the UK, Altitude, an event in which they take entrepreneurs into the Alps, Ashram, their retreat to India, which Lawrence touches along upon in our conversation and also many other smaller events and workshops throughout the year they also run an online course to help people in the early stages to turn ideas into reality they've got this uh, thriving global community of people who are connected with the happy startup school and i think they're a great example of how being honest and open will help your business thrive and allow you to live your passion uh, I've known Lawrence for a couple of years now and I've always found him very approachable. He's a man who's not afraid to show his vulnerabilities, to reach out and ask for help when it's needed and to share his wisdom and help others gain clarity with their ideas. Uh, we cover a lot of topics in this conversation, including sharing experiences over being prescriptive, uh, being honest and vulnerable in business and in life, how to tap into your own ideas and vision, uh, how to build a community and how to stay open to change as your business grows. Just quite a short conversation. I met Lawrence at the co-working space Platform 9 in Brighton, where they now run the Happy Startup School from. It was a really busy day. There were lots of people there. And so we squeezed ourselves into a tiny booth designed for one. Uh, yeah, it was intimate to say the least. It was quite hot. Uh, So we kept the conversation relatively short and I do apologise for the bit of background hubbub you can hear, uh, but I hope that won't distract you too much from the conversation. I've tried to edit out as much as I can. Okay, well, here is my conversation with Lawrence and I hope you enjoy it. How am I feeling right now? I'm feeling slightly stressed because I am going away with the family tomorrow and going to India in a week. And so it's that feeling of, I saw a graph once before you, um, it's like before you go away on vacation or holiday and it's this kind of like crescendo of like work and then falls off a cliff and then like halfway through you're starting to think about what you have to do when you come back. <laughs> so I'm that kind of like just before jumping off the cliff moment of 
trying to cram two weeks worth of work into about two days. So uh, yeah, feeling a bit stressed, but um, looking forward to yeah what we got coming up and um, a bit of space as well. So a busy start to the year. So what do you have coming up? So we are um, so like I said, going for a few days with the family down to Dorset, and then um, we're taking about twenty people out to India in a week to go to our third ashram, which is a retreat we run for um, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs. Um, leaders and change makers and we've got people coming from the UK, Europe um, obviously India itself as well as Brazil the US, New Zealand so quite a mix What's and a one-apreneur? Someone who wants to be an entrepreneur? Yeah, exactly, well, they think they do They think they do, they think they do yeah um, Yeah, so we've got a lot of people who are sort of further along in their journeys um, but there's a couple who are sort of starting out who are part of our community and Probably just needing a bit more guidance than some of the other people coming. So they've got a project or idea in mind. Um, they haven't yet turned that into a business. So I guess, yeah, entrepreneur would be, I think I want to be an entrepreneur, but I don't yet have the <laughs> income to justify that term. Um, that's my interpretation of it. Okay. I think I've spent years being a one-apreneur. <laughs> <laughs> um, why do you think people go to the, why do you think in general people come along to your events? Um... I think it depends, well, there's definitely a common theme for all our events, but I would say particularly with this event, you need to want to go to India. I think that's one thing is India is not for everyone, but those that come tend to have, tend to have it on their radar or bucket list as a place that they want to visit. Um, but in terms of yeah, the broader events we do, with this being one of them, I think there's a need for space, really. People are very busy, we're all very busy, and to have a moment to pause, whether that's a few days or a week in this case, to have that chance to do that um, and I think to do it with like-minded people so often if you take a holiday off it feels like a massive luxury but if you can have that feeling and get that um, same benefit whilst also meeting new people maybe sharing some ideas getting a chance to work on what you're doing then it feels like you're getting best use of that time so I guess a mix of play and work and uh, inspiration seems to be the winning formula. And do you get to experience that at your events? Or is it constant? We try to. So myself and Carlos who run the school, we try to. Um, it's that tricky thing of trying to be present whilst also thinking of the next step. So, yeah. If you, know, you run your own project and business and do different events, um, you're, you're, you're hosting, um, but also we facilitate the week. So we, we're trying to get the best out of everyone trying not to be, you know, looking at to-do lists and clipboards and Trello boards, but um, trying to be present at the same time and trying to practice what we preach. So, yeah, we, um, I think we've learnt a lot over the last couple of years. This will be our seventh or eighth retreat now. So what we found is when we are more present and when me and Carlos are as vulnerable and as um, needy as everyone else there, then that helps to create a much stronger bond between the group and makes us feel like, we're part of it rather than we're on the outside. So, um, yeah, the, um, these retreats are like 20 to 25 people, so we can't have like four or five crews standing on the outside and everyone else just doing their thing. This is a very much a, a group dynamic, and so we try where possible to be as present as possible. But, yeah, we don't always get a chance to be sitting on the beach doing yoga or surfing as much as we'd like to. But I guess like part of that whole experience of being there is... Um, 
I guess I guess it's you're not trying to like hide the fact that you're also like um, learning as you go along and learning things like um, I think that's what I mean. I've been to some of your events. Mm. I've been to well, lots of your events yeah. and, and to the, the summer camp and stuff. And I felt that it was one of the things for me, like the people there, there's loads of amazing people there and you get to connect with people. But there's also, I, I got this feeling that you and Carlos, you're not there sort of preaching at everyone saying like, this is this is like exactly how you get from A to B. Mm. You're like sharing some experiences. You're saying this is what we do and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't yeah. work sometimes it'll work for you sometimes it won't sometimes this may be like completely off the mark for what you want but you'll find other things yeah you do and I, and I liked that and I liked um and I do like it still like um being able to sort of follow your journey along with sort of like my journey and other people's journeys mm. everyone wants a silver bullet you know everyone wants this like give me the seven what is it the, the, the formula to success yeah. um but also people don't like smart asses as well. Yeah. So it's that weird thing of we want people to tell us what to do and to give us a formula for succeeding in life, business, work, whatever. But at the same time, no one, well, we all like to see people with um, you know little scars and little cracks. And so I guess what we tried to do is, like you said, be honest about our journey because um, I think probably it's how the, the Happy Startup School came about as we... It was really an idea more than anything, and it wasn't a sort of concrete business we had in mind. We had a, we had an agency at the time, so that was that was our bread and butter, I guess, paying the bills. So the Happy Startups, when it first started, was an idea, and it was ideas that we were sharing and thoughts and um, not fully formed um, uh, projects, almost that that came out of it. So I think, yeah, from day one, it was more a passion project that was driven by a need rather than a, a sort of commercial driver. Um, and I think also we thought we knew everything about business and still we, we started running our own, you know. Um, so when we were running our agency, we were advising a lot of startups, but then we kind of got back into the startup saddle again and realized that, um, yeah, it's it's really hard. I mean, it's really tough at the beginning to try and make something work. Um, and so the more we've worked in business, the more we've realized that everyone's trying to figure it out, even the people that you think aren't. Are, and um, that's really empowering once you realise that that your heroes and your role models are probably beneath the surface, you know, trying to stay afloat too. Um, and I think, yeah, our like you said, our experience is just one. So whilst it might be relevant for some people, you know, context is so important to this stuff. So you know, the kind of business you're building, the types of person you are, the market, all these factors can impact on the success of something. So. Yeah, we'd never try and say to people, this is how you do something. It's more just, here are our experiences, here are the experiences of other people, here's their stories, take from it what you will, really. Do you find it hard to be vulnerable? Or not? Like, I mean, I, I try I try as much as possible to sort of show the journey and show the vulnerable bits, but, like, it's no doubt it's easier to show the successes. Like, why do you think it's so hard to show the vulnerability? <sighs> There's so many factors. How we're brought up, you know... The education system culturally you know us Brits aren't the best at opening up and you know there's the whole stiff upper lip thing um, I would say you know going back to school you know we're not really encouraged to show things when they're not fully formed right you know we're not to cheat at school or, um, you know we, we need to look like you know the, the, the smartest kids get the most recognition so I think yeah a lot of our ingrained habits tend to go back that far um, but I think what we found is the more honest and vulnerable we are, the more people seem to warm to us and 
value that. So I think it's just getting over that um, terrifying feeling when something you really care about is putting, put out into the world and getting comfortable with that feeling because, um, yeah, I think you're an example of that. When you when it's something you really care about and you kind of put your heart on, your, on the line almost and people rally around and support, but it takes that leap of faith where you probably think, what the hell am I doing? And, you know, if I hit submit on a blog post or if I stand up in front of people and tell them my biggest fears or if I, you know, have a um, um, a meeting with someone where I decide this isn't what I want to do and walk away because it doesn't feel right, whatever it is, that kind of trusting your gut is, is really important. But I think it also helps to have other people around you to reassure you that you're on the right path and that you're not going insane. Even if you are. <laughs> but are you, I mean, you seem like quite willing to be vulnerable. Is there a process you've got to being like that? Were you always like willing to share stuff? Or For like... me, it's writing. I don't really enjoy standing in front of people in terms of, you know, talking on stage. I might have done it and I can do it, but I wouldn't say it's my superpower. You know, I'm not a great orator. and um, There's a lot of people, Carlos included, my, my co-founder, who can do better than I can. I So I think writing for me has been my route to being... Or showing vulnerability um, because it feels an easier task for me I never thought as a writer but the more I've written the more I've enjoyed it as a, as a way to share my thoughts for the world I guess and, and for me I try not to think about oh I'm being really vulnerable here I just write things that I care about or I'm feeling and try not to think too much about other people really yeah <laughs> and just try and write it for myself as much as anything and if it helps other people brilliant or if it connects with them great but I think, yeah, for me, it's more sort of tapping into my own um, ideas and vision rather than, yeah, because I think if I thought too much about that, I'd probably never post it. I mean, I think that thing when you said, like, just writing, for, I mean, that's writing for yourself, that's essentially what I do all the time. Mm -hmm. And I really, really try and also fail quite a lot at trying to not worry about, like, what other people will think yeah. about writing. And I think that's... I don't know, I think that for me is the hardest thing is to separate, like, what do I want from what do I think that other people want yeah. me to want. And I, I, I still, I wouldn't say that I'm I'm there. I think I'm much more aware of it and I'm much more on a journey to yeah. sort of understanding what I want, but it's really difficult. And still, like, every time I'm doing something, I need to try and take a moment to reflect on whether I'm doing it because I really want to do it or yeah. whether I'm doing it because it looks cool or because, like, my... Uh, my I don't know, like, because I've seen other people doing something similar. Yeah. And I think, oh, if they're doing that, I should do that. And, uh, yeah, I think it's really hard. And um, I um, think it's about um, finding the right technique or tool or, you know, way of mindset, way of thinking about something that works for you. So um, I, I think when you start to, for me anyway, when I start to think too much about the people I'm trying to communicate with or share an idea with and... Either it starts to dilute what I'm trying to say, or yeah. like, inertia kicks in. It's like, oh, can't, can't do this anymore. <laughs> well, I can find it like when I'm doing, you can, I can just tell like there's something, and like some non-verbal, but something you can tell there's an essence that gets lost when you start yeah. to like write for somebody else or write for somebody else. And I think some of the times, I think like if if I write something completely for myself, maybe it won't. Maybe it is just for myself, and that's okay. Yeah. But, like. But almost all the time you write for someone else, like it will be for no one. Really. Yeah. My wife's a writer and a journalist, a trained journalist and copywriter. And she, yeah, she was saying when she used to work in magazines that they would have like 
kind of the persona of the reader, you know, like you know, yeah. smash hits. There's this 15 year old girl, so like whatever her name was. This is who we're writing for, right? So everyone's got that in mind when you're trying to write something, which is obviously a kind of uh, you know a publication and it's a, um, a product that's out in the market. But I think when it's when it's something very personal to you, if you try and think in those terms about who's my like we have this happy circle, who's our ideal customer, and then you come to one of our events like summer camp and you just think. There's no, I mean, the, the common theme for the people who come to our events is, I guess, the values and maybe the mindset and the ethos of what we're doing. But in terms of demographic, you know, sector, you know, life stage, it's so diverse, right? There's no kind of type of person that comes, but then you go there and they all feel very similar in, in lots of ways. So, um, but at the same time, as you build an audience or a community and then you start to think, okay, now I need to think about what people want to read. And again, it's you're writing from a different lens, which I don't think will probably get as much connection. So it's that kind of weird parallel of, um, or contradiction of, yeah, you want people to connect with you and vulnerability is a way to do that. But at the same time, you're worried about not, it not being the right message for the people that already do follow you. Um, so yeah, I think maybe trying to work more in a bubble where you're just satisfying your own need and seeing what comes from it. And if people follow you on that journey, brilliant. If they don't, then... School. So how important do you think the community aspect of the Happy Startup School is? I mean, it's become the main thing, really. So I was chatting to someone before we, we uh, sat down and um, I was saying about how when we started, you know, you can't ever think, well, some people do now because community is a buzzword and it's, you know, a hot topic and every business now wants to build community. A bit like it's like the new happiness, right? <laughs> happiness two years ago is now a community. Um, but I think if you try to think about building a community, it's like, how do you do that? You need you need an idea, you need a purpose, you need something to rally them. So when we first started, myself and Carlos just had a need to teach, to share, you know, the ideas that we had with the world and frustrations too about like how we saw the business world and the startup world um, and didn't really relate to a lot of it. So, the, but the community has been born from the events we do. So like every event we do kind of it almost gives it more resilience, more people come into the community and yeah it kind of has a life of its own it's like an ecosystem that it's not about us anymore it's about everyone else so yeah i suppose in short it's it is the main thing but the challenge we face is you can't like sell community right so we are we're a a movement of sorts but we're also a, um, a business we need to make money to survive even if we were a charity we'd still need to be sustainable um we've never had any funding or grant funding or anything it's all been self funded so that's come at this kind of what's a cost but challenge of how do we grow the community and the movement whilst also not burning out or you know running out of cash which has been you know our struggle the last couple of years so yeah i think it's we could spend all our time serving the community and not bring any money in and, and or likewise we could go the other way and just follow the money and you know forget the community and we've had to try to balance the two things together and you know it's it's a, an interesting one and it's We've been following other people who've been trying to do that too and learn from them as well, trying to work out together. Like from my perspective of your community, it's great. Like whenever I, I feel now like whenever I go to another country, another city, there's always people around there that have some connection to the Happy Startup School that you can just sort of like drop a message. I'm yeah. going to be in like Amsterdam yeah. this weekend. And then there's loads of people there. And I think that's, I don't know, it feels really inspiring that there's the people that I, and it must, what it must feel good to you. I mean, I'm not sure like, feeling good is your main goal out of it mm. but it must be feel like sort of satisfying that there's people that there's all these people that have been sort of influenced by 
an idea that you had a few mm. years ago with Carlos. Yeah, I guess that's what keeps us going and gives us energy, really, is hearing and seeing the stories of people who who wouldn't know each other if it wasn't for what we've done. And there's so many there's so many stories that we don't even hear about. You know, I chat to someone and they're like, oh, yeah, I've been chatting. You know, we've been working together on this thing. Or some someone, they might not have even met since they met at an event, but they've been collaborating or running a business together or doing whatever. So... I think for us it's really important to keep hearing those stories because there's days where you really need it. Or like Kai's, um, Kai, who's a chapter leader in Amsterdam, he's got a co-working space there and he's got a load of people who have met through our community and you know, it's like a mini mini Brighton in, in Netherlands, which is great. Um, we want to see more of that really because, yeah, I think that's what people come to an event because they want to solve a problem or they come on a course because they want to learn something and then they kind of go, oh, okay, it's some really cool people here and it's actually less about the thing they thought they needed and it's just I now surround myself with great people that I didn't know before and so that's what we're trying to I guess educate people about is that people are everything and so whatever you're trying to do if you've got the right people around you then everything's so much easier you know more so than a silver bullet I was talking about earlier I guess it's creating that like shift in the way you think about what you're doing in terms of, I, I see how it's really easy to sell, do these 10 steps and you'll be a billionaire. Yeah. People want those quick fixes, but to, to sort of convince people into the idea, actually, it's about changing your lifestyle. It's about slowing down. Yeah. And it's about not thinking I need everything done by last week. It's like a continual process. And like, I think what you said before, it's what I come in here, come in wanting. Maybe I want my like business to be like more profitable, but mm. then actually like, by going into it you might realize actually like the business is the wrong yeah. thing i'm doing and, and so it's about like being able to sort of let go and continually grow and adapt and i think that's harder to do i think often i find that people don't people are afraid to ask the right questions mm. because they're afraid to hear the right hear the answer yeah well we do so this co-working space we're part of platform nine now we we do an event there called, um, an event here called ideas cafe and there was a session we did last week where you know, people can put forward a question or a challenge they're facing with their business or project. And, you know, often the question they ask has a load of layers beneath it. So you don't, you start off with trying to solve the, or answer this question, but actually chances are there's something beneath it. And uh, the more difficult, crunchy question is the one they try and avoid. Um, so like you said, you have people coming with one intention, but actually what they really need and probably get from it is something quite different, but way more profound. Um, I think one thing we found is there's a line which someone relayed back to us last week, which is um, business growth only comes from personal growth, which I think is very true. So a lot of the time we can think something's not working with the idea or the business, but actually it's something that, you know, we're blocking ourselves. There's some personal sort of uh, roadblock that we've got to get through. And we found that doing the events, particularly um, the retreats we do, you know, we take people on, you know, physical challenges as well as having some really meaty discussions and, and having some great sessions and often the real breakthroughs can happen for people on those challenges you know whether it's a hike or um boat trip or whatever we do but there's some kind of epiphany moment that might happen not not often not always but um often it's okay maybe i'm the problem <laughs> you know maybe yeah. maybe there's something that i'm doing wrong or you have a conversation with someone over dinner and it will trigger something in you just questions your beliefs around something and then you start to think okay maybe I could approach this differently or think about it from a different angle um, and I think that's the hardest thing is you know we don't um, I suppose with our summer camp in particular we don't bang out, bang people over the head with it that they're going to learn something about themselves but chances are they'll come and they will 
but at the same time, that's quite scary for people to think, oh, I'm going to learn about myself. How do you stay open to that? Because I, I think once you get, a, I, I imagine once you get sort of more of a following and more of an idea of you want it, what you want it, from my own personal experience, well, it gets harder to sort of stay open to sort of the idea that what you're doing needs to change. Yeah. Like, and it's easy to just like plow on because you've already started. Exactly. I think for us, the retreats we do are as much for us as anyone else. So we tried to use them, like I said, you know, we tried to be as as much a part of the group as anyone. So we come with a challenge, we'll share our challenges with the group, we'll be vulnerable. Um, you know, me and Carlos will talk about our sort of battles, you know, being friends, running a business. I mean, it's, you have your good days and your bad days. So I think getting ideas and inspiration from other people, um, even if they're early, at an earlier stage, I mean, it's all just ideas. It's all just um, great feedback, really, to get new perspectives. And I think the events particularly help because we get so many... D- different people from different walks of life you know for in, in the india trip we've got like an actor from delhi and a, a social entrepreneur from brazil and a um let me think uh like a startup community builder from new zealand all different ages all working in different fields but i just know that there'll be some left field ideas that come from that mix that if we just brought 25 people from Brighton, as much fun as it would be, it wouldn't be the same. Yeah. So, yeah, I think just constantly being open to, you know, how can you bring some of, you know, the creative thinking that happens in the acting world to what we're doing? You know, it seems very left field, but I'm sure there'll be some good stuff that comes from it, rather than just always trying to look at your sector or your industry mm-hmm. and what they're doing, because otherwise you're just looking at the same things as everyone else. But I think you've got so many people also in your community who can do that. I found, I mean, we can, uh, I think we can, like, start, like, I guess start wrapping up. Me and Lawrence are sitting in a little tiny box, very close together. It's going yes, quite it's intimate, yeah, it's very intimate. But I always was. I I I went to the summer camp in um the, this summer camp in the summer just gone, and I uh that's sort of like where I had this idea for Ministry of Change already, but it was really like in many ways just like more of a like feeling than a like actual understanding of what I was going to mm. do. And on the last day, like building up the courage to stand up on the stage and pitch this sort of, I mean, not even a like business idea, just to like, this is what I want to do. It might be mad. I don't really know what it is, but I'm going to throw it out there. And actually, I was so worried about doing it, but the response from all the people there were great. And there was people from different countries, different like different businesses, very different perspectives, different outlooks. And they like, mm. like, and a lot of them came to like offer me support. And it, and it was really. I, d- I don't know, it was like, as much as I wasn't, like I knew already deep down there was something I needed to do to like have all these people sort of offering you their skills and offering you their support just because they sort of believe in you and they like, want you to, want to help you. It's a really powerful thing. And I think, <coughs> like, I, I've seen so many stories like that coming out of the How Do You Start School, like events. And yeah, so I, I think, think the, really cool. yes, the pictures at Summer Camp are great because I think people like seeing, you know, inspirational uh, people come on stage and do a TED style talk, but I think people love something that's not fully formed, like we said, and something that's, you know, uh, there's a guy, I don't know, Carl Parton, he's, um, I think he's been to every summer camp, he's a lovely guy from, from up north, and he's, um, he, uh, he, he, uh, he'd been talking about his business idea for a couple of years, and he's like, okay, next year I'm going to get up and pitch, and we give people like, there's an hour slot, and, you know, tend to get 15 to 20 people who stand up, and this is, you were one of them this year, and, uh, I said to Carl before the one two years ago, I said, look, you've got to get out of there this time. Just just do it. One minute pitch, you'll be fine. And I think the pitches were on Sunday morning. And every time I saw him the day, Friday and Saturday, he just looked terrified. 
was like, look, if you're not going to enjoy the whole weekend, <laughs> it's, it's not worth doing, but, you know, just don't worry. But anyway, he got up on stage and he just had a big smile on his face. Look, I am bricking it, you know. I'm absolutely bricking it. And everyone just warmed to him straight away because he just admitted that he was feeling terrified. Um, and whatever he said after that, it just, you know, the house, the house went down because he, he just, he was probably the best of the lot. And so I think it's this thing when people know that you're, um, sort of stepping outside your comfort zone to get on stage, then yeah, I think like you did, then people want to help and they, um, they know that you're still trying to work it out, which I think is the biggest gift of all really, that they can help you with that. And thank you to Lawrence for sharing his experiences with me. I hope you enjoyed it too. Uh, you can find out more about the Happy Startup School at www.thehappystartupschool.com. And on there you can find out uh, info about all their retreats and workshops. Uh, you can read some of Lawrence's blog posts. And you can also find out more about their wider community. Uh, they often hold uh, online webinars on like, interesting topics like uh, sort of around building your businesses and uh, well-being and I think many of them are free to participate in so definitely do go and check them out so uh, and if you want to find out more about my journey with Ministry of Change check out my website which is www.theministryofchange.org and on there you have links to my Medium blog you have links to my social media and there's also a section where you can share your own stories and uh, yeah just generally keep up to date with what I'm doing as I travel around the UK exploring different mental health initiatives Anyway, for now, that's me done and I look forward to seeing you back here soon. Thanks a lot. Goodbye.